Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Rejoice Pompano. We're ready to get started, and we're thrilled everybody's sharing and talking, and we've opened up with prayer early to pray for this meeting, and we just pray everybody gets here. And we know that we have people already watching the live recording from around the world, so we're thrilled to have you. We hope you enjoy it and get your Bible and get your paper and we're going to hope you will be blessed as much as if you were sitting right here with us. Tonight we're going to be talking about, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that what we need to say? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And especially, thank you, Lord, for Thanksgiving. And I know that you could say, but Charlene, you don't know what's going on with my life. And I'm going to say, but... We need to still be thanking the Lord every single day. How are you doing on that? That's what we're going to be talking about. But we're going to be thank you, Lord, for we're going to ask him to be the bondage breaker. Is that what we need? We need to break some bondages. We may have some. We need to break some habits and some uh, sinful lifestyles or sinful strongholds in our own life. But we also need to pray for our husbands and wives and ones who have, are not walking with the Lord, that have chosen to take a detour road. Some are home and living home, but they're not going to church. They're not serving the Lord. Some are home and they're having affairs. And some are home that are uh, setting a date they're leaving. And uh, so I know what you're all going through. Many, many different emotions. But God. But God created marriage, and we are to fight for it. And we're to fight for the beauty of what God wants it to be, regardless of our circumstances. And I know that is hard. I know that's hard right now for some of you. But I know that you know that God heals and restores marriages, and he can put anything back together again. So that means we're to fight with him, and we are to fight for him. So, Lord, we just ask you, tonight may you minister to every man, every woman that is here. We are asking that you would have this, this entire meeting, that they would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and that they will have you speaking to them directly, privately, for just their personal circumstances. Lord, they need hope. They may need encouragement, whatever it may be. We need you to minister to them tonight. We want to know that they've been in the presence of the Lord. That's what we want for every one of our meetings. Lord, we ask that you would open our ears, open our eyes, soften our hearts. We, and some of us may be very angry and bitter. 
I know that because I got so angry, got so bitter, and so tired of everything that I went and filed for divorce. And the Lord showed me two months later that that was my disobedience. The Lord, I just pray you would touch, soften our hearts that we're pliable, soften our hearts that we're willing to stand in the gap for our husbands, our wives, and for our children to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with all of our people that are right now have children that are rebelling and that they are having troubles with their circumstances. And we ask that you would go rescue those dear children, regardless of where they're at. And we ask that you will bless tonight, anoint it, and may you uh, be speaking to everyone in different ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, we have a technical difficulty. Um, I lost my microphone, so <laughs> I don't always do that, but there's a first for everything. Uh, Philippians 4, Philippians 4, that's where we're going to start with our, our opening scripture for tonight, and uh, we are going to praise the Lord, and there's so many different scriptures about thanksgiving and praising the Lord, so I'm really excited to take you walk through a Bible study tonight, but I want to take you to Philippians 4, and this is the first one, Philippians 4, 4. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I know you don't like that first, first four or five words. You don't like that. But that's what God told me when I was standing and I had been crying and crying and going to the altar. And I was just, they thought someone, and one of the ladies said, do you have cancer? So, because I went there every week and I was just faithfully knowing that Bob was headed to hell for all that he has been doing blatantly against God. He had no fear of God or what he was doing. So we wanted, God gave me this one time. And when he spoke it to me, he spoke, rejoice in the Lord always. I want you to notify your face and your heart that you are a child of the King of Kings and that you can have the joy of the Lord in any circumstance. And that is a hard lesson to learn but that is a lesson that I got told many years ago, and I want to teach it to you. So rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. That's another. You could, I just could teach on this tonight. But the Lord is near. He is right there with you, regardless of your circumstances. Do not be anxious about anything. That covers everything. Do not be anxious about a baby. Do not be anxious your husband is home and he's having an affair. Do not be anxious he's not going to church. Do not be anxious you don't have money to pay the bills. Don't be anxious about a non-covenant marriage. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about a diagnosis that the devil has given you. Don't be anxious. God can do anything. He healed my heart. So the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything, but, it, but there's always a but, but in everything, by prayer and petition. And that's the secret. It's tonight is, but in everything, in everything you do, everything it's saying, by prayer and petition, we need to bring it to the Lord. 
We can do popcorn prayers. We need to have a special private time with the Lord. But we need to bring everything to the Lord in prayer and petition, asking. But we need to close with thanksgiving. We need to thank him in advance. And there is where I am starting tonight. Are you thanking the Lord in the midst of any circumstance you have right now? Are you thanking the Lord that he is right there with you? He is right there. He will never leave you or forsake you. Are you willing to thank the Lord that he is right there and he is going to turn your circumstances around for God to get the glory and honor? Romans 8.28 he can do all things. Nothing is too hard. He can overcome. He's a conqueror. But we need to join him. And we need to rejoice. And we need to radiate the Lord. And be a, a lighthouse that when we go to work or we go to church, we can say, she's going through such trials and tribulations, but she has the joy of the Lord. And that's what you want to have, is the joy of the Lord. He is your strength. So tonight... I am challenging you that we will be not anxious about anything, but in everything we will pray to the Lord, petition him, tell him, ask him, and then we will close it with thanksgiving, presenting our requests to God. You know, we think about a lot of things, but are we asking and presenting our requests to God to write it down on a, on a notebook and put down your prayer request and then wait and have an answer, and then when read, put your answer, what happened. Let's write it down to give glory and honor to the Lord for what he did. He may have given you $50 you needed for a light bill, but you, you forgot to thank him and praise him because you didn't write it down. So we need to write it down. We need to remember to be thankful. Be thankful. So anyhow. Let us, uh, we're going to go straight into our music. I want you to praise the Lord. Now that we've talked about being thankful, let's really be thankful when we praise the Lord tonight. I picked, we picked two songs for you. And one is, remember the words. Remember, we're singing to the Lord. We're praising him, thanking him. You are God and great are you, Lord. So there are two great ones. We hope you will enjoy praising the Lord and thank him for being here in your safe and sound and pray for the night.
Give life. You give life. 
You may be seated. My name is Lori. For those of you that I didn't get to meet, we're glad that you're here. I just wanted to welcome you as well. Um, how many are visiting from out of the area tonight? It's your first time. See all those hands in the air? And if it's not your first night, you can still, <laughs> your first time here. We have several from out of the area and out of the state, so we're glad that you're all here. So um, those of you that are regular, just look around and maybe get to know some of those tonight that are visiting with us. Um, if this is your first time at Rejoice Pompano and you are new tonight, if you would meet me at the end of Bible study at the round table right there for just a couple minutes, I just want to go over a couple things with you and make sure you know um, all the resources that are available to help you. So if you will meet me over at that table. I also wanted to tell you about the papers that are in front of you. Um, when you came in, hopefully you grabbed a prayer sheet. And that's got the names and some prayer requests of those that attend Rejoice Pompano. But take that and use it when you do your quiet time and when you're praying to pray for those that are here. And um, we keep you on that list for a few months. So if you have fallen off the list, if you haven't been here in a while, we'll put you back on the list. Um, and also the yellow sheet. Oh, I'm sorry. Beverly's confusing me back there. Do you need me? Oh, oh yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. Sorry. I thought Beverly was waving in an airplane back there. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> There's a yellow sheet in front of you, and that's how we get your request. So if you have a request that we can put on that prayer list, um, you can fill out the yellow sheet. There's a basket on the bookstore table where you can leave it. And if you don't fill out the yellow sheet and update it, we can't update the prayer list. So we'll just keep the request as it has been. Um, so if you have something new for us, put it on that yellow sheet. If it's something that can't be made public, it's not going to go on the prayer sheet. So we do have uh, some sense with that that we'll keep that confidential. Um, I also want to tell you there's an offering envelope in front of you. So if you would like to give to help the ministry of Rejoice Marriage Ministries and help us with our expenses for Rejoice Pompano and for the other things that we're doing, um, we would appreciate that. We are supported, 90% of what we do is supported by offerings, and it is mainly how we go on. So your gift is not too small. Every dollar counts and is multiplied, and we are so thankful for that. So there's a basket in the back if you would like to give. Um, I want to read you a Bible verse out of Matthew 17, verse 20. And just to give you the context of this, this is a verse that's coming from the parable when Jesus is healing the boy that um, had a demon spirit in him, and the mother had taken the boy to the disciples, and the disciples had not healed him, and so he went to, they went to Jesus and um, asked Jesus to heal the boy. And then they, the disciples asked Jesus, why didn't it work when we tried to heal him? And in verse 20, Jesus answers, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And that is a wonderful verse, and I'm sure many of you probably have it highlighted in your Bibles, because faith is small as a mustard seed. If you've never seen a mustard seed, it is tiny, tiny, tiny. So, yes, and Cindy has got one right up here. And we have mustard seeds in the back in little tiny packs. And so if you don't have a mustard seed, you can stop on the way out and just grab one of those packs that's in front of the basket and just stick it in your Bible as a reminder of how small it is. Even when I was putting them out tonight, I kept putting bags to the side thinking they were empty and there was no mustard seed in there, but it was in there. It was just so small you can hardly see it. And that's how much faith you need. And that's probably some days 
all the faith we can muster up when it feels like we're in the pit of our problems, that that is all the faith we can come up with. And that's what God says is enough. So I just wanted to remind you about that um, wonderful Bible verse and tell you about those mustard seeds that are in the back. Now, I missed the birthdays and anniversaries last month, I was told. So we're going to do two months of birthdays and anniversaries. So if you have a birthday or anniversary in October or November, um, would you just raise your hand and we're going to see who's got some birthdays and anniversaries and pretty much everybody in the room. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to start in the back on the left. Anna, do you have your hand up? Okay. So we'll start with Anna. Okay, anniversary, October 6th, how many years? 37 years, and birthday? No, 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 but what date? No. 29, of course. <laughs> October 7th, okay, the day after. You did it all together, didn't you? Okay, so happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, right next to you, yes, did you have your hand up? Yes. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Happy birthday. Great to have you tonight. Okay, coming forward this side of the room. Hi. Another one that did it all together. Well, happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, this side of the room. I know there were more. Anybody? Oh, yes. Hi. Happy anniversary. How many years? Three years. What a great place to spend your anniversary. So you came to a good place. <laughs> All right. Birthdays, anniversaries aside. Okay, coming forward. Yep. Happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, Ian. Anniversary or birthday? Birthday, okay. <laughs> Happy birthday. How many years? 28 years, November 26th. Happy anniversary. Okay, anybody else on this side? We got everybody on this side? Okay, now we'll come up front here. Go ahead. Okay, happy birthday. Twenty-fifth anniversary and birthday. Happy birthday and happy anniversary. Okay, we'll come up front, Cynthia. Oh. Great. Amen. And fifty years, October first. <laughs> okay. Yes. Happy birthday, Mary. She came to Florida for her birthday, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Happy anniversary. Okay, anybody else on this side? Yes. How many years? Happy anniversary. Michelle? Happy birthday. Okay, anybody else on this side? Yes, in the back. Happy 
Happy anniversary, Phil, and welcome tonight. Did you have your hand up also? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Happy birthday. Okay, yes. Hi. Oh, that is funny. All right. He can't forget it, right? <laughs> All right. Did we get everybody with the birthday's name? Oh, yes. Hi. Welcome. Happy anniversary. Okay, anyone else? Did we get, I think there was like four of us that didn't have a birthday or anniversary in October, November. <laughs> well, happy birthday and happy anniversary to those of you. Um, our gift to you for your anniversary or birthday is an item from the bookstore. So those of you that have a birthday or anniversary, you can go back there at the end of the night and um, pick a CD or a book. I know there's a lot of baby loving going on in the back corner with Dee Dee's baby. <laughs> Dee Dee has a restored marriage and she's got a three-month-old little baby back there. So that's what everybody's <laughs> that's what everybody is Googling over in the back. <laughs> so help yourself to pick something from the back that would um, be a blessing to you and grab your mustard seeds when you go back there. We're gonna take a few minutes and do um, one of my mom's favorite things because we can talk to each other all day long and it's not gonna solve anything. You can tell me your problems, I could tell you my problems, and it's just gonna maybe make me feel better, but it doesn't solve anything. And the best way that we can communicate about our problems is by talking straight to God about them because he knows the solution and he knows our heart and he knows the whole story. He can see what we can't see and he can see the end of the story and can see what's coming and none of this caught him off guard, none of it. So um, we enjoy taking time just to pray for each other because that's the best thing we can do. That prayer list you have and tonight when you meet people, when we have refreshments at the end and somebody tells you their name or their situation, pray for them because that's the best thing you can do. Um, so we're going to take just a few minutes and just gather up in groups of two or maybe no more than three and just grab somebody around you. Men, you can grab other men that are near you. There's a lot of men on this side. I think almost all the men are on this side except for a couple over here. But men, you guys can get over on the side together and ladies, grab another lady or two. You don't even need to spend spend time telling them what you're going to pray about. Just pray for yourself. And the person that you're praying with will then know what your request is, and they'll be able to pray for you over the next couple of weeks and lift up that prayer request. So we're going to take just a few minutes and just have a time of prayer so we can pray about our needs.
God, as we come to you tonight and we pray, I pray that you would be with each and every family that's represented in this room, God. There's men and women that are represented by spouses in this room, Lord. Men and women that are cared for deeply and are loved deeply, but men and women that have walked away from a family. God, I pray that you would go after them tonight. I pray that they would feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit wherever they are tonight, that they would just feel an unsettledness in their heart and that they would have memories of home and memories of a marriage that they've walked away from. God, I thank you for the way we've seen you move in families and the reports that we've been receiving of um, just miracles that have been happening, whether it's communication that has started, whether it's a spouse that recently attended church with a, with a woman up north. We thank you for the way that you have been moving. And God, I pray that you would help each of us to see those little answers to prayer along the way and to see the way that you are providing for our daily needs. 
God, I pray that you would be with the um, people that are standing and praying for restoration. Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength that they need to carry on each and every day. And as the word says, we don't need to worry about tomorrow because you will provide what we need for tomorrow. So I pray that today that we would just open ourselves up to receive your grace and your mercy and the provisions that you have for us today, Lord. May we not get anxious about tomorrow, not get anxious about the future, or get anxious about what's going to happen on Thanksgiving or what's going to happen over the Christmas holidays, God. But I pray that we would focus on today. Lord, I pray that you would be with um, the job situation that so many people that we have worked with are having problems with and trying to find employment. And Lord, I know that you have the jobs provided for them. And I just pray that you would lead them to those. God, I pray that they would not only find a job that can provide for them financially, but that they would be able to find a job where they can work with other brothers and sisters and that they would be able to find a believer in their workplace that can help be a prayer partner to them. Lord, I pray that you would just be with each and every person in this room tonight, God, and I pray that whatever burden they came in with tonight, that they would just leave it here and that they would just take the next moments to just rest in you and to open their Bible and to focus on you. Lord, I pray for those that are watching via Facebook. I thank you for the technology that allows us to broadcast this live around the world, and I pray that you would just help them to even quiet their spirits and to quiet their comments and to just take time to be fed right now and to to ask from you what do you want to show me tonight God I thank you for the opportunity that we have to um, come publicly and to worship and to open our Bibles and to do that as um, free Americans and I thank you for that Lord as we look forward to the election tomorrow and as we're going to spend some time later praying for that I pray that even tonight that you would just be with those who are still deciding about voting and I pray that every believer would go vote and would they would make their voice heard God I pray for the candidates that are running and as they are um, preparing for tomorrow and for what lies ahead for them God I pray that even tonight that if they don't know you that they would just get on their knees and they would come to a personal relationship with you God I thank you for the way um, you have given us the freedom in this in this country to have a vote and to have a voice and I just pray that we would never take that for granted be with us now Lord as we continue to worship and I pray that everything that is said and done in this room would bring you glory in your name amen all right please stand and we're going to sing another song In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe We believe in God the Father we believe in Jesus Christ we believe in the Holy Spirit and he's given us new life we believe in the crucifixion we believe that he conquered death we believe in the resurrection and he's coming back again we believe so let our faith be more than anthem 
the songs we sing And in our weakness and temptations We believe We believe We believe in God the Father We believe in Jesus Christ We believe in the Holy Spirit And He's given us new life We believe in the crucifixion We believe that He conquered death We believe Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. jealous of Daniel convinced the king to issue an edict that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to the king would be fed to hungry lions. And yet when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Faced with the hungry mouths of lions, Daniel gave thanks. Paul was a Christian leader during a very dangerous time for the church. He had to leave the city of Philippi after facing mounting persecution and an illegal imprisonment. And all of that persecution was then inherited by the Philippian church. And yet, in his letter to the church, he says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Faced with violence, prison, even death, Paul told the church to give thanks. Prayer and thanksgiving can't be separated. It's as if the only real prayers must be spoken with gratefulness. How else are we to pray without ceasing 
unless we are living a life of continual thanks. In all situations, at all times, thanking God for everything. You see, the gift of prayer, this privilege of communing with our Creator, is our opportunity to show our complete submission to God's will in sorrows and joys alike, in all things, in every prayer, there must be one constant. Lord God, thank you. Pray. What are we going to do, November and December? Pray. Okay, you got it. I just want to make sure you got it. But that's, that's what we're talking about. We're going to pray, but we're going to pray with thanksgiving, with a heart that is thanking the Lord that he is in control of every situation. Regardless of what we're going through, he has allowed it to happen today for a God to turn it around to good for his glory and for him to get the praise in the end. That's what the word says, does it not? Okay, we got a lot. To, we, we need to read the Bible tonight. <laughs> okay, well, we, we need to know. Let's go to Romans 8. We'll start right there. We're going to start there because we, we don't have this one really in, in our hearts yet. We are more than conquerors. I want you to get to the point that you feel victorious in spite, in spite of any circumstances that you may be going through. My husband, when he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, that day on his birthday, that is when he had his surgery and when he was diagnosed. It's easy for me to remember because I, we walked through circumstances from September 24th to December 27th that he died. It was a very short period of time, but he radiated something that I could see, that when the Lord allows circumstances to come in, you have to choose to praise the Lord and go through the circumstances. And he said that day, God has spoken, and this is where I know I, where I am going. I am going, I'm sorry I'm going to miss my whole family, and I'm sorry I'm going to be out of the ministry now, but I am going to praise the Lord that I know that I know where I am going. And I got very convicted, and while I just say that right now, I got very convicted when we sang, believe. We believe. And we have got people around the world listening, and we've got many new people in here. And I, the Holy Spirit, said, you need to do a prayer for salvation now. So I'm going to say that we can believe for marriage restoration. We can believe that we know, I know that I know I'm going to heaven because I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart, into my life, and I surrendered everything to his will, his way. 
And there are many of you that may have had a crisis of marriage problems, and you did not know the Lord. I know one very close friend here that is like that. And her life changed after when she was coming down here, she had an encounter with the Lord. One of the days she came in, before she walked in, she had an encounter with the Lord on the beach. And God spoke to her very clearly that he was alive. And she did not know him personally, had never gone to church and all that. So your life can change and it can turn to good even while you're going through a crisis because he came into her heart and life and her life has been changed ever since. And I know she's a mighty woman of God. So I'm saying to you, even the ones that are listening, you may have found us and you are seeking the Lord and want your marriage restored. We want it restored. We want your marriage to be a healthy, strong, loving relationship. But first, we want you to know that you know that you're going to heaven. And we want to know that when Jesus comes, and he will come, and he comes and takes us away, that you're going with us. And so, Lord, I just pray tonight, if there's anyone in this room that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that's listening to us or watching us and listening in the future, May you ask, knock on their door right now, that heart's door as in Revelation 3, where it says the Lord knocks at your door, and he wants you to open the door and let him come in to your heart. He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to be Lord and come into your heart and life, and he wants you to surrender your heart and life to him. But first, he wants you to confess your sins and ask for forgiveness of all the things that you've done all your life. He just wants you to repent and say, Lord, I've made some big mistakes, little mistakes. I've done some things I've never even asked you. I just ran my life the way I wanted. So, Lord, we ask that you would just repent and confess your sins. He is faithful and just, and he wants you to for he's going to forgive you of all your sins and throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. And then he wants you to surrender your heart and your life to him and say, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Change me, mold me, make me into the woman or man of God that you want me to be. Lord, I want to be a lighthouse for you. And I want you to make me the husband or wife or mother or father or son or daughter that I need to be in my family. Mold me, make me, and change me. I've made some big mistakes. I've made some little mistakes. I've had lost control of a lot of things. I've gotten in addictions. I've I lost control of my tongue. I've, I've done a lot of bad stuff. Doesn't matter. He forgives us of it all. He erases it all, and he will set you free. There's many ways he'll change your life. And we ask you to just cry out to him wherever you are and say, that's me. I don't believe. I don't have enough faith to believe that the Lord can change my life. But he can. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart right now tonight. And you write that down in your Bible when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He's Savior of your life. He's saving you from the wicked ways of the world. 
and you're coming into his life, into his kingdom. When you die, you're going to go to in his kingdom. You're going to live forever. And we just praise you and thank you for each and every one of you that have surrendered their heart and life tonight. What a way to start on Bible study is that you ask Jesus Christ to open your eyes to see the word come alive because I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That's the most important prayer we can pray tonight is to have somebody come to know the Lord. Now, if you have done it or if you've done it, or if you've done it and you've been listening to us right now, I pray you will write us, email us, and say, I accepted the Lord on November 7th and when Charlene asked us to do it. And, send, and let us know, because we've got a booklet we want to send you, and it will help you. And start reading the book of John, and that is start telling you about your Lord and Savior, what Jesus did on earth. And we're just thrilled to have everybody here. Now, everybody should be by uh, Romans 8 now. And let me just give you the good news before I share to you about the Lord be a bondage breaker. But we know that in all things, that we know, and we've got to get our knower, our thinker, our, our thoughts in alignment to what the word says. And I am telling you, that's not easy. Because the enemy speaks to us in the mind. The Lord speaks to us, but the enemy speaks to us. And what does the enemy speak? Negativity. If you have confessed your sins and you're, you've received forgiveness of your sins, you committed adultery, you were addicted, you, did, you had a, a mouth that chopped up your uh, husband or wife, or you were uh, not loving, or well, you can name all the different things. What is one other thing that might, anybody might have done? We have all saints here. <laughs> we don't have anybody that had marriage problems. <laughs> Do you have any one thing your husband or wife did? Okay, we've got perfect. Okay, what? Okay, all right. What's another one? Control. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's an awesome one. How many of us controlled our spouses? I'll raise my hand. Man, I, I was, I, I'm, I'm, I still try to control things. But anyway, <laughs> I've got two others that are, are, are running things more now, so I, I try to step back. And, but, I mean, I was administrator at a 12-doctor office, and man, I had that hat on when I walked in home, and I started controlling everything, and my husband would say, take off the hat, you know, and just calm down, you know. So we can control, we can manipulate, we can do a lot of things. But it says more, we need to know who we are in Christ, and we need to know what Christ's likeness is. And that is a secret. Do we know what Christ's likeness is? Do we know what we need, how we need to act and be like as a believer, as a friend, as a mother, as a father, as a son, as a daughter? And then most of all, do we know how to be like that as a wife and as a husband? Now, I can tell you, we often do things and live like unless we change and change and ask the Lord to 
and went into the Bible studies and went to um, Sunday schools back years ago, uh, Bible growth classes now. But unless we take classes on marriages, a lot of us got married young and we just started getting, we just started. You know, we didn't read any books and we didn't know how to do it, but we did it. And what we want you to do is that God is this book, especially the New Testament. If you start there, read the Gospels, read the Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians. It talks about marriage so strongly, so clearly. And we talked about 1 Peter 3 just recently. That even if your husband is, does not know the Lord, it doesn't matter. All we have to do is walk and be silent. A woman can be silent, and we can actually radiate the Lord Jesus Christ, and they can come to know the Lord by our behavior and actions without speaking it. Whoa. That's what we, and you, you know, that's it. That's the secret. That is why it's so important that we say, thank you, Lord, for changing me first. Change me first. And you know what? If you change, everybody's going to notice. From your children to church family to where you work, they're all going to say, something happened to you. What's different about you? Because you're not complaining. You're not grumbling. You're praising the Lord. You're thanking the Lord in the midst of circumstances. You are different. You're supposed to be different. But we need to be more than conquerors. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness to his son. See, right there it says we need to be like his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Thus, those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, this is one you can underline and highlight. I put stars by mine, right by, it's a blue star in the, in the column. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not know also with him? Graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who, who is he that condemns Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life? The most important thing with our salvation, if someone accepted the Lord tonight, is Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and he died. He went into a tomb, and he died for three days. He was dead. And, the, and if you read the Gospels, he tells his disciples in John 17, I am going away, but I will come back. And they did not get that message. They did not understand that message. And he came back alive in three days. He arose. He defeated the death. He defeated the devil. And the devil has not won ever since. He was defeated. And that is why we believe all of those things that we sing. We need to know who we are in Christ. And we have to believe that we have a power that is greater than Satan. 
and that we can pray, and if we will pray, we will fast, as Lori used that example, because we believe that we have to fast and pray for God to get a breakthrough, to break the strongholds that our spouses or has put upon us or them. We need to pray that who shall separate us from the love of Christ, and this is verse 33 I'm at now, 35, I'm sorry, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for you shall, for your sake, we face death all day long. We're considered uh, as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. That's what my prayer is for you tonight, that you all know that every one of you in Christ are more than conquerors, more than any circumstance that you shall face. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor the, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We want you to know that you are loved. God loves you. Ephesians, uh, Philippians. I read at the very beginning, Philippians 4, 4 to 7. And many of you were not here. But it says God is near. He loves you. He would not, he's never going to leave you. He will never forsake you. So those are encouragements for you. So we want you to believe in the power of God, in Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus Christ arose after uh, several days, and, and, and there were, he saw over 500 people. Forty days later, he arose. And he then left the Holy Spirit here, the greatest counselor. And we can turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses to you. But we want to have our husbands, our wives, our children's eyes opened. But we need to know we have spiritual blessings in Christ. And that is in verse 2. We'll start in Ephesians 1 and verse 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Now, here's the blessings we have, the spiritual blessings in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, there's our challenge for walking as a Christian. It's saying be blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will do the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Okay, verse 7 is good. In him we have redemption, salvation, redemption, through his blood. He died on the cross that is how we accept Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of our sins, that's what we prayed about just a few minutes ago, with the riches of God's grace. Because of God's grace and mercy, we receive salvation. That he lavished on us, and this is a key, with all wisdom and understanding. 
you know what? That is what we need to pray for. And I am reading the book Fervent, and I'm cheating a little bit because I bought the book on, on um, CD. And so I get in the car, and I go different places, and I listen to Priscilla Schreier speak to me. Now, I am telling you, she's speaking the book. She's reading it, and it is awesome. But she is challenging me and you to consider taking nuggets of gold of Scripture and writing them as prayers. Now, how many Scriptures do you and I, has God uh, has given us or has le leaped off the page or any number of ones? How many promises have you had? How many promises have you received that all of a sudden that God has given them to you? Think about writing it down. And men, get on the computer, a computer and go to Word and write it up and do it as a printout. And, and write out a prayer and start it. And it may take you five days, make you take ten days. It may take who knows what. But you can start writing your own personalized prayers for your husband, for your wife, for your children that seem to leap off the page. Children, you know, Malachi 4.6, to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers to their children. Man, I know a lot of people that need to pray that. So put that in, in the middle of your prayers. But I am challenging you. We sometimes need to do things differently. We need to maybe go sit in a different chair or as if everybody would watch the war room, um, that we would watch the war room and did she not change her whole life? She certainly did, you know, and... Uh, she even uh, cleaned out her shoes and cleaned up and, and uh, fixed her shoes even to have uh, them not smell so much. So, you know, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. What we want to do is be different. And we need to pray with a laser beam. I met with the men last month, and I said, we need just to be like a surgeon, and we've got to cut out the cancer that's in us that's not of, of God, and we need to go and say, Lord, cut out the cancer, cut out that sin that is in my husband or my children's life that they've allowed to come in, that sexual immorality, that adultery, that, that sexual immorality and adultery are, are wrong. I mean, we're to be pure and holy, and, and we are having to have one husband for a lifetime. You know, we need to stand up for the holiness and righteousness. That you, they could have become an alcoholic. They could have become addicted to drugs. Drugs is a huge new crisis in America. And, and we have to pray against that. And dear people, you may know people that have family and friends that are having difficulty. Pray for them. Become burdened about them. That could be your spouse. So what we want to do is laser beam and pray these different scriptures. So I'm encouraging you, as she encourages us in her book, is to write out scriptures that you will pray and, and routinely pray different ones. You can pray, make five or six, eight, ten, 
15 short little prayers in different ways for your husband or wife to come to their senses and escape from the trap of the enemy. 2 Timothy 2.26. We want to believe and know that we know that he is in a trap. Second Timothy says that. And I'm going to turn to it because there's so many new people here tonight. Second Timothy, let me read it to you in total context. Verse 22 is excellent that you could pray. Flee, my, my husband, flee the evil desires of his youth because he's acting like a child or my wife is acting like she's a teenager, and is the, are they not? Okay, guys, wake up. But are they not acting wrong? Flee the evil desires of their youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's what we want them to have. We want them, as in Psalm 51, to have a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Right there is zip my lips. Zip your lips because we are not to fight and quarrel with anybody. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, we must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not be resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct them. We cannot push our husband and wives home. We can't. We must gently instruct in hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of truth. Right there, this whole passage can go into your, into your um, article, into your prayer on your, um, in a notebook or into the computer. Leading them, God will grant blank your husband or wife's name, repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. That is, the truth will set them free. Is that not true? Galatians 5.1, it says God's truth will set them free. And that they will come to their senses. Do we not want them to come to their senses? Right now, they are not even thinking. Let me say this to you. Any husband or wife that is living in sin and blatantly or have walked away from you are deaf, they're blind, they cannot hear or see the truth. They, in fact, and I have a friend that uh, when she had walked away from the Lord, when she got set free, she opened the Bible, and the night that she got, got liberated and set free from the bondage of sin, she opened her Bible that night, and she says, I can read my Bible. Dear standers, your prodigals are not reading the word. They cannot comprehend it. My husband went to church every Sunday with his girlfriend. And they were sinning against God every week. He said he confessed and repented every Sunday at church and walked out and whacked, whacked into their house. And they fell right into the trap of sin again. I said, you should have walked out of the house is what you should have walked out of. <laughs> Back to our house. But they didn't. But, but, he, but it was God has to speak to them. God has to set them free. God has to have them 
come to their senses. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit conviction that he's going to do it. How many have we heard and seen that even with false starts, the Lord told them to come home. Well, then they decided they were going to be disobedient again and left again. But then they come back because the Holy Spirit speaks to them. So never doubt that we, if we will pray and be consistent, that it says that they will, your prodigal, your husband, your wife at home, who is living not, not for the Lord, they're not going to church, they're not um, praying with you, They've, they may have never accepted the Lord, or they have walked away from God, they became lukewarm. And what we say is that they come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. And this proves who the prisoner, that he is a prisoner, she's a prisoner. And we have to say, Lord, have them come to their senses. You speak to them. That needs to be our prayer, that they will come to their senses to escape from the trap of the devil. So many people say, that they are deaf and that we don't, I don't understand why they don't come because they are deaf and blind and until the Holy Spirit can get to them and they will listen to the Holy Spirit and number one, they can listen and deny it. Many, 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 many prodigals say, God told me from the day one all the time to come home. Now, there, there's prodigals in here, and someday I'm going to have you come up because you're going to be willing to share and say, I was told many, 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 many times to come home, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to walk on the right road. I was still having fun. I was still blinded. I was still deceived. But there is a day, and there is a day, when you get promises and you know God and you are being faithful and praying and, and interceding, there is a day when they're going to come to their senses and they are going to get up. Bob came down to my office and that day when he came to the office banging on my window and saying, come out, I didn't know what he was going to do. I knew he was mad. I could, I could tell by the, the gestures that he wasn't coming to ask me to marry him. You know, I knew that much. But you know what? He, what he said was, and, and I'm going to say this over and over, I got too many new people. But what he said that day, when he, I got in the car and told my boss, my husband's here, and he lives two hours away, so I don't know what he's doing, but I'm going in the car, and I won't be back for a little while. And uh, I said, I, I didn't know what I, where I was going. So anyway, I said, what's wrong? What happened? You know, I thought one of the kids had gotten. I didn't know what happened. So he said, I want you to stop praying. I want you to stop praying. You're tormenting me. You are... I am going crazy. It's witchcraft. Now, I want to tell you, when you hear those words, what do you not stop doing? Okay. And what is the hardest thing to find time to do every day? Why? Because the devil doesn't want you doing it. Because that is what you've got to get and understand. When I get my Bible and I say, I am going to do it, I can have more distractions, more interruptions than any person on earth. You know, when I, when I study and do my Bible reading, most of the time at nighttime is in the late evening. 
The phone won't ring. All I know my kids are gone to bed long before me. And there is peace and quiet. And I'm a night owl. And I love the time with the Lord. It is the most precious time. But that is what we have to get. Make an appointment. Set it on your appointment schedule and make an appointment and be committed to whatever time you're going to do it, you're going to get doing it. When I worked at the office, at the doctor's office, it was 6.30 in the morning. And I had a couch in the front of the part of the house that I could get away from everybody before they get all get up, and I, that's when I did it. What is your set time? You know, some of you do it in the car. That's okay. If you're a busy mom, you can. But the Lord wants us. He's a jealous God, and he wants us to pray. But he also wants us, as, as the war room said, we need to pray differently. We need to pray strategically. We need to use different verses for different reasons and different ways for different circumstances. Bless you. So what we want you to do is understand that 2 Timothy is, is giving you such wisdom to tell you that to believe, don't be mad, have compassion and, and love for your husband and wife because they cannot hear or see why, why you're so upset. They're, they've gone on with their life, and it's living in sin, and they just obviously see nothing wrong with that at this moment. But when Bob came back that day, he said, stop praying. And then he says, all right, I figured it out today while I'm driving down here. I can get a license. And if I get the license, then I can stick it in your Bible, and that says I'm coming home maybe someday. Now, I want to tell you that made no sense. That was nonsensical. And you know what? That is when you, I did not argue. I did not question him. I didn't debate him. That is a miracle for me. That is a miracle because I would have asked 20 questions. Instead, I listened. Women, we need to listen. And men, you need to listen to your wives talk. And they want to say something, and they don't want you to solve the problems, but they want you to listen to them. And they want you to pay attention to them. Turn off the TV. Don't watch your football games while she's trying to talk to you. Don't hold your phone in your hand while you're talking to them. But I am telling you, the books and, the, and all these different things that I talk to with all the men and women I hear testimonies from is they don't feel loved. They do not feel like they're being heard or they got tempted by someone else. And we have to beware of the symptoms of the, of, and we need to put the armor of God on. I talked to a new person today and they weren't still putting the armor of God on every day. And I think I say it a million times, but put on the armor of God. Put the hedge of protection around you and your family. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to break the bondage breaker. The bondage is the Holy Spirit. It's we're going to pray, and we pray up, and the Holy Spirit goes down and works on your spouse. My husband, had, I had, no, had no, re, no way I would have known he was coming home. None. And that afternoon at lunch, after we, after we went, 
he, um, and I'm not going to give my whole testimony, but that afternoon when we were at lunch, I went to the restroom, he went, and Holy Spirit spoke to him. Now, I didn't think that would ever happen. I can tell you I know that everything. But never, never, you know, every day, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know you're moving in my husband's life, in my wife's life, in my children's lives. Lord, I thank you in advance. I am praising you. I am thanking you. I am thank you that they're going to come home tonight not as a grumpy bear. I am thanking you that my wife is not going to be moody all the time. You know, I mean, what we've got to pray what we want to receive. We need to pray. Speak faith. Pray faith. Pray prayers in faith. So, you know, we need to thank God. You know, 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 to 3 says, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember for our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I want you to say, love your husbands more now and your wives more now than you did when they were gone. Have a burden for them. Have a burden for them. Where are they spiritually? Where are they spiritually? And if they were to die suddenly, do they know the Lord? And, and that, has, that was having me where I go into the altar every week. But I pray you would ask the Lord to increase my endurance, my perseverance, my tenacity. Increase my hope and faith and trust in you. That's what we need to do. We need to trust the Lord. And we all need to always pray for others and not just pray for ourselves. And isn't that beautiful baby that we just happen to have after a restoration. Is that awesome? God is so good. <laughs> to God be the glory. That is, that, is some, that is a blessed noise in this ministry. Psalm 106 verse 1 says, We should be thanking God for his amazing love. God's constant love is seen in our lives as we are being transformed into the image of his son, Christ Jesus. Psalm 107 says God does redeem us from sin and motivates us to tell everyone what God has done. Let's turn to Psalm 107. I'm just going to read a few scriptures real quick. There are so many scriptures that talks about thankfulness. And it's, it's, it, when you start reading your Bible now, I pray that you will see thanks and thanksgiving and it will pop out and you might remind yourself that we need to thank the Lord every day. Psalm 107. Have you found it? Okay, I'm going to get started. Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. We were saved from the enemy. And we have now need to pray, let the redeemed, Lord, go get my husband who is, is in the hand of the foe. He's a prisoner. 
or my wife is a prisoner of the foe. But you, Lord, may you go redeem them from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from north and south. Some wandered in deserts, wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Your husband or wife may be having more problems at home than at their, uh, not their home, but at where they're living than you can imagine. Some of them are losing their jobs. Some are losing their finances. Some are losing their health. It's many different things that can happen. And then there is just the opposite. Some of them are, are just going like my husband. He made more money while he was away than he did when he came home. You know, my husband got sick after he came home. And he wrote 19 books while he was sick and, and have going through illnesses. But God, he was praising the Lord through the whole thing. And he said, Lord, if you keep me alive one more year, I'll write another book. You know, and he did. You know, so it says, he led them by a straight way to a city where the... They could settle. Verse 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. And then verse 10 to 16 is for us. Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains. That's sort of what I imagine a prodigal to be. Can you envision that? For they had rebelled against the words of God. Yes, my husband did. And despised the counsel of the Most High. Yes, he did. So he subject, subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And Bob had done that many, 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 many times. And you've heard that and read it. But Bob would get... Bob would repent so many times, call me up, tell me I'm coming home, and called me up one day and said, guess what, I'm, I'm really, I think, well, I'm, we're not ever going to get back together again. But if we do, if we do get back together again, I think we're supposed to be in ministry. And I know the name of the ministry, Rejoice. And Philippians 4 was the one that God had given me with Rejoice. And that phone call, I said, hallelujah, he's coming home. I, and, and I expected him after that phone call to be walking into the house pretty soon. That did not happen. So I, you know, owe ye a little faith. You know, you, you go back to the Lord and say, okay, he said the right words. What happened? Because the enemy said, you're going back into that dungeon and you're going deeper in the hole while you're, because he saw the light for a second. The Holy Spirit was speaking to him. He is, they are being spoke to all the time. What you need to pray for is obedience. Obedience. And that they will flee from the enemy. 1 Peter 5.8. We need to flee from the enemy. Then they need to flee from the enemy. We need to tell our kids to flee from the enemy. We need to tell ourselves to flee from the enemy. But Pray first five, uh, first Peter five eight. That is the scripture you need to be praying. You ought to have that memorized. Dear Lord, we need to speak the word out loud and say, Lord, have it happen. 
So he, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. Hallelujah. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom. He broke away their chains, let them give thanks to the Lord. So they broke the chains, and guess what? The Lord wants to get praised. They gave them thanks to the Lord for their unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze. He cuts through bars of iron. And that is where we've got to believe God is the bondage breaker. God is the bondage breaker. He is going to break the chains of whatever they are in, whatever lies that they're chained to right now. There's lies they're believing. There are lies that they are happy, they're successful, they're happy, and this other relationship is a lie from the devil. And we need to pray to sever, cut, and destroy all ungodly relationships. We need to pray that the spirit of whoredoms, that break the perverse spirit, break the chains of the perverse spirit, break the chains of the whoredoms, break the chains of the lying, seducing, deceiving spirits, and loose on them the spirit of truth, and the truth will set them free. We need to pray, and we need to pray the right scriptures for the situation of what your circumstances are. And we need to believe, as that song said, our lack of faith. We need to have that mustard seed of faith. And I have, as um, Lori talked about, I have it in here somewhere. Here's my mustard seed of faith. For whatever circumstance that I may be going through, all I need to do is have faith in God. It's the size of a mustard seed. I pray you get these. I pray that you will realize that God can do anything and that he is able. And we've got to believe in his mighty power. And we have to keep thanking him. And the more you praise him and worship him and thank him is, the, is where Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, that he put the choir out before the enemy, put the choir in front, not, the, not all the ones in the army, the Roman soldiers, no, he put the choir out, and they sang praises to their Lord, and the Lord caused confusion, and the enemy killed each other, and they won. They were, and they, you know why? In Second Chronicles, God gave me that when I was standing, and I love that, Second Chronicles 20, because he says, do not be afraid. Be courageous. Now, I don't have that on my list of scriptures, but I'm going to go to it because I started it, so I will finish it. But has anybody ever, have you ever thought of putting a choir and you singing every day, praising the Lord and thanking him and being the choir and saying, and let the devil defeat your, your, um, the enemy in your husband's life or wife's life? Praise the Lord. Praise defeats the enemy. And if we aren't praising the Lord, we need to start praising the Lord. I mean, learn from these Bible stories. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. He wanted to ask the Lord, okay, how are we going to win? We've got this vast army coming against us, and we're going to lose. And he says, 
Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel uh, and give it to forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Now let me just jump over to verse 12. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. What are you looking at? Stop looking at your circumstances. Stop complaining about your circumstances. Look up to Jesus. Pray and praise the Lord and thank him. Thank him this whole Thanksgiving. Every day, every, every week, keep praising the Lord and thanking him. There is a book that Lori's not here, but uh, there's a, oh, yes, she is here, um, that she gave me, and it's a, thousand, it's a book, but you write a thousand blessings in it, Lori? Say it again. Right. A thousand blessings. You're to write down a thousand blessings that you see the Lord's hand doing in your life. Get a notebook or read the book. But we take for granted, and I don't, but we take for granted that we wake up and we're breathing. Okay? What, if, if you've been battling something or your daughter or son or somebody's ill, your father or mother, and they get better, write it down and thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. What can you thank the Lord? Thank the Lord that we were able to pay your electricity bill. Thank the Lord you have food in the house. There's a lot of people. Thank the Lord you have a home. There's a lot of people who don't have a home. There, we've got to get serious about thanking the Lord that we have so much to be thankful for, especially America. When you watch TV, I just keep praying for all these people that are going through such wars. We need to be praising the Lord. I believe we can defeat the enemy and set our spouses free by rejoicing and praising the Lord and thanking him. And we need to get serious about thanking the Lord because you know what? The Lord loves us praising and thanking him. And we need, I, I don't want us to go through Christmas that we do not praise the Lord for his salvation, that his son was sent at Christmas time. May we, the ones that are going through trials and tribulations, may we radiate the joy of the Lord that Jesus Christ was born. May we radiate that. That, w they, that they can say, I can't believe you have the joy of the Lord or you're happy. Or, and ask them to come to your church. You're probably having a free cantata or a musical or a pageant. Ours does. Man, I ask a lot of people to come to our church, you know, and just come. It's free. You can't beat the price, you know, and, and usually a lot of the concerts are, are there's a price. But we want to know that it says, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat, verse 21, appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army 
saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. That would be a scripture that I would put in my prayer. That's just a hint. Give thanks to you. I'm giving thanks to you, Lord, for your love endures forever. Isn't that a good scripture to use? And as they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set the ambushes. The Lord will break the chains. The Lord will set our spouses and our family free against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount. They will break off the severed and all the ungodly relationships. He will open their ears, their eyes, to see the truth and hear the truth. We must do things in a different way. We must praise the Lord when it is the time we would like to cry and scream and holler and say, I can't do this any longer. Does that make sense? That, that, that sounds like you, right? You're ready right now. I cannot do this through the holidays. This is too hard. This is it. I draw the line. Guess what? The Lord is saying to you, I died on the cross for you. So we, I know what suffering is like. I know what it's like. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 2, 12 to 16. You might not want to turn to it. You can write it down on your piece of paper. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. 2 Corinthians 2, 12 to 16. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing. Now, this is a scripture. I read, I've read 2 Corinthians before, but I don't remember this one. It says, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. Well, we want our spouses to come to life and to repent and turn from their wicked ways. But thanks be to God who leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. That's a responsibility that he's telling us we need to share the love and the knowledge of him everywhere. Do not, we need to not keep Jesus a secret. And we want to pray that we can go and tell everybody that Jesus is alive, and he helped me. And because of your problems, let me tell you who, what the answer is. Jesus Christ is the answer. We want to live a blameless life. I, want to, I always run out of time for all my scriptures. But I want to remind you of David and Bathsheba. David was a mighty man of God. David was a mighty king. Uh, and it was after God's, he, God chose him. 
And we need to know when he committed adultery, he was tempted. You may be tempted to go for another man, another woman, a different situation. You may be tempted. I'm just happy where I'm at. I'm just not, I'm just going to stay single and I'm just going to live that way. That's not being obedient to God's call on your life to pray and fast and fight for your marriage. That's not, that's not, you're not being obedient. So I want to warn you that we have to say we are going to vigorously be fervent in our prayer life and, and keep praying for our husbands and wives and lost loved ones. What if our parents don't know the Lord or your brothers or sisters, any of them? We need to be burdened about them, that they could suddenly get killed in a car accident. I mean, goodness gracious, there's motorcycles that are getting... You, you don't even know anymore all these freak accidents that are happening everywhere. I'm saying to you, do you know that all your loved ones know the Lord? This Thanksgiving and Christmas is the time that we're a lighthouse when we are with our lost loved ones. Now, I know they don't want to hear about Jesus, but I know we can sure love them up when they're not maybe lovable, uh, right people that maybe have a, uh, not the most loving attitude sometimes, but we're going to be with a lot of family and friends. And I'm challenging you. Pray before you even start going over there and be a lighthouse and pray that the Lord opens the doorway for you to get a conversation in. You don't know what God is going to be doing with your husband, your wife, wherever they are. And your husband's home. And you've got to have the holidays. And you've got to be cheerful. And you don't want to be cheerful. Well, guess what? Notify your face and your mind that we are praising the Lord that he is home. <laughs> or she is home. Grumpy or not, you know. But we got to get ready for the holidays. And I want you to get ready for the holidays. Do not give up on God. God has not forgotten you. Remember, Nathan was sent to David after he had committed adultery and murder and deceit. And you can go there. And you know what? I was going to take you to Deuteronomy 5 and tell you, read the Ten Commandments. You know, if we would obey the Ten Commandments, we would have a lot of, of peace in America. You know, if we could take the Ten Commandments and put it in the church and apply it to all the church people, we would be doing good. Because it says, observe the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You will not cover your neighbor's wife. That was some of them. So we've got to understand the word is the answer. We should always fear the Lord. We need to pray for our husbands and wives and children to fear the Lord. If they feared the Lord, they would run home and get on their knees real fast, what they're doing. And we need to know that. But in, when Nathan went to David, he gave David a, a story and told him this story. And he was ready to go say, you need to do this and that to this person. I'm not going to read you the story. But... All of a sudden, he said, that is you, David. And then he told David the consequences for all his disobedience, including a child died. 
There was, he did repent. And Psalm 51 is the prayer where David repented. And I still encourage you to put that in your, in, with your husband and wife's name in it. But we need to remember and pray in that prayer you're writing up. Pray that God sends a messenger to your husband or wife rarely that they would see what they're doing is wrong. We need to turn to Luke 17 as our closing. And Luke 17 is a very good parable that Jesus talked about. Verse 11, and I'm going to start reading it because we're running out of time. Now on his way to Jerusalem, and this is Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he thanked them. And he thanked them. How many times do we thank God for all the things he's doing in our lives? And he was a Samaritan. Now, if you know that, that's another whole Bible story. But Samaritans, remember the Samaritans that was left on the side of the road. And everybody left him. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Did all ten were healed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God Except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise up, go. Your faith, your faith has made you well. How much faith do you have that your spouse is coming home? How much faith do you have that you believe, that you believe that he is going to do it? that God is able and has given you promises and you're standing on those promises. Remember, God is asking. One out of ten thanked him. That blows my mind. How many, how many of us every day have something to be thankful for and we are not thanking him? How many of us do we need to repent tonight and say, Lord, forgive me for not being thankful for all that I do have? And that is where I'm at. Thanksgiving, is, I want you to visualize it in a whole different way. I want you to be thankful. I want you to thank God for everything. And we'll have some more devotions on it. But I want you to think about tonight and tomorrow and this week. Will you start thanking God in the big things, in the small things, and have a notebook? The lady wrote, thousand. I bet we could do more than that in this ministry.
of thanking him for all that he's done. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for us able to have such an honor to privilege to speak to people about you and about the power, your mighty power, in touching hearts and lives around the world that you do heal hurting marriages. You, we want them to be healed before they ever separate. And we praise you for all that you're doing. We want to pray for our spouse's salvation before they ever walk out the door. Lord, we want the ones that have left and become prodigals to have them come to their senses as the prodigal son did and went back home to his heavenly father and to his father. We want our spouses that are in the far country to go home to their heavenly father first and then run back home to his family. Lord, we're praying for that for this Thanksgiving so that you will break the bondage that they are in, whatever it is, of whatever addiction, whatever, whatever lie that they're believing, that Satan is a deceiver and a liar, father of all lies. We are just praying that you would break the bondage and the chains, and may they be set free suddenly, quickly, in the mighty name of Jesus. And may we be remembered to be sure to thank the Lord and praise him and tell others that look what God has done in our life, in our marriages. Lord, how many things do we need to thank the Lord tonight? Lord, may you speak to each of us personally, and may we start praising the Lord and thanking him more, and let's pray for many to be set free quickly and suddenly from the prison that they're in right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. We're going to close tonight um, due to the special um, election tomorrow and everything. We're going to close a, and do a video. And if there was an ever a moment that we need leaders and we need people to rise up and say, you know, God, we don't know what to do. So what we are going to do, God, is set our gaze on you. We're going to do what the psalmist said when the psalmist said, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And this is where our help comes from in this day. Our help is not coming from people. God will appoint people to lead our nation and we will honor them and we will pray for them. But our help will not come from people. Our help comes from the Lord. And that's why we as the people of God have an opportunity tonight to change the direction of our future. It may be tonight that the hope of the world is a 20-inch journey to mercy. Do you know it's only 20 inches to mercy? That's true for us as a nation tonight. It's true for you as a family tonight. Maybe you need some massive breakthrough of God in your marriage. Maybe your children are who knows where tonight and you're so concerned for their well-being. Maybe there's sickness or cancer or some prognosis that's crashed into your world. Maybe it's something internal, some pressure, some depression, some oppression, anxiety, darkness has just pressed into your world. And the offer is the same. It's 20 inches to mercy for all of us tonight. 
And the 20 inches to mercy simply represents the distance from where our knees are to where the ground is. It's that 20 inch journey from here to here that might break open the door of God's mercy in our lives. God said, first we've got to humble ourselves and pray. And we've told each other what our opinions are, but have we cried out to God for what only he can do? And this proposition is powerful because it rests with the people of God. He didn't say if those people will do something, I'll heal the land. He didn't say if somebody will do something, I'll heal the land. He said, no, if my people will humble themselves and pray, that's going to trigger the avalanche of forgiveness and healing for the nation. And so it may just be tonight that the healing of our nation rests on the prayers of God's people. I don't know when the last time was that you were on your knees before Almighty God, but I know it's the last time you felt really peaceful about your future and really confident that the God who is your Father is fighting your battles for you. And yes, you'll have to show up, but you won't have to fight. God is fighting for you so you can step into the moment with worship in your mouth because worship, come on, it's not ancillary to the church. It's not a footnote in the church. No, that choir led them out with confidence because worship, is, it's so appropriate in the noonday sun. It's so appropriate when life is going great. Worship is the right response when everything's happening the way we had hoped. But I'm telling you, when it is the darkest night, worship of the living God is a wrecking ball to the kingdom of darkness. It pierces through the darkness and it ushers in the light of God's glory. And so for us tonight to bow and to pray and then to stand and to worship is to do the exact right thing in this moment in time. And so I want you to think with me right now about what it would look like if we could find our ways our way to our knees. Just think of it this way. Imagine if I told you there was a thousand dollars under every seat. <laughs> and so if you're in a theater, I invite you. If you're in a church, I invite you. And anywhere in Madison Square Garden, from the top to the bottom, if it's at all physically possible, could we take that journey tonight? And could we humble ourselves together. If you can only get one knee on the ground, I encourage you to do that. If it's just scooting to the edge of your chair, then I encourage you to do that. But could we find a way, all of us, into this place of humility? And as we bow down, could we just claim this moment as a holy moment? And so I want to encourage you, we've had a great opportunity to lift our voices tonight, but could we just let this be a holy moment? And I want to give you and each one of us personally just a moment to say to God, I don't, I don't know how long it's been since you've been on your knees. I don't want to give you a moment just to say to him, God, here I am. I really don't know what to do for our nation, but I don't know what to do for my business right now. I don't know what to do for my wife, my kids right now. I don't know what to do about my sanity right now. I don't know what to do facing up against this addiction right now. I don't know what to do facing up against this darkness. 
this pressure, this prognosis. And so I'm just humbled before you, God, as your son, as your daughter, asking you to have mercy on me. just thank him. Tell him you do believe he's a good father. He's not the reflection of your earthly dad, just a bigger version of what you had. He's the perfection of your earthly dad. He's everything you've ever wanted. And just thank him tonight. Tell him I believe, God, that you're a good father and that your plans for me are good. And I believe that you're fighting my battles for me. So I I let go and I trust and believe you are doing what I cannot do, accomplishing what I can't accomplish, winning what I can't win. Father, see your people, your sons and daughters, north, south, east, and west, all here bowed down before you, lifting our eyes up to your great and glorious throne, to that place where you are seated on high tonight, that unassailable throne of thrones where you hold a name that is above every name, the title that is above every title, the authority that is above every authority. So we don't idly spend these moments, no, we reach out to you, the one who holds history in your hands. And we take you at your word tonight. We take you at your word, God. And so there is no if in the equation tonight. We are your people called by your name and we are humbling ourselves and we are praying and we are seeking your face tonight and we are turning from our wicked ways. God, we are sorry for the foolish choices we've made. Every one of us has been prideful. Every one of us has been arrogant. Every one of us has taken the wheel. Every one of us has tried to do it in our own strength and our own ability. We've walked away from your truth. We have dug holes that hold no water. We have lifted up little tiny idols that can't do a thing or hear anything or say anything, but yet we've been so enamored by them and by this world. We've looked less distinct and more like the world. We've loved the darkness at times more than the light. We've been distracted and infatuated by the here and now, and we've lost sight of our great future with you. So we just say as a people and as a nation tonight, we're sorry, and we ask you, God, to help us to stand, to rise in this moment into your mercy, your grace, and your truth over our lives. Lord, we thank you that we are kneeling at the foot of a cross where the greatest of love was displayed for all of us 
We thank you that there is forgiveness even now. There is cleansing even now for every single one of us, no one too far, for the power and the grace that have been displayed in Jesus. And God, we pray for our nation. We pray for our president tonight. We lift President Obama up to you in Jesus' name. We pray even in these final months, you would assist him, you would help him, God, that you would give him extraordinary supernatural understanding, insight, and wisdom to lead our nation. Strengthen and support him in every way in his family. God, we pray tonight for Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, one of whom in just a few days will be elected the president of this nation. We lift them up to you from our knees in the name of Jesus, God. You created them, they are yours. We ask you in Jesus' name, help them, God. Support them, God. Bring people around them, voices around them, encouragement around them, truth around them, God, that would allow them to tap into your supernatural understanding, to your unshakable wisdom, to your heart of justice and truth for all people. God, will you give them the ability they could never imagine in their own strength to rise up as your man, your woman in this hour for this nation and this world. Fill them with humility, God, and courage to know that God Almighty is available. God Almighty is available. So lift us up, God, full of worship, full of confidence, full of praise in the name of Jesus, God, and in that name we pray that you would save this nation, save our people, and save us, God, so that you would receive glory now and forevermore. That's our prayer. That's our hope. In Jesus' name. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.